0: Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. When you hear this sound, you know what time it is, folks. That is none other than Fantasy Football Friday. Fantasy Football Friday proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub in on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, it is the hub of fantasy football in Central and Upstate New York. It is where you go to play fantasy football. It's where you go to watch fantasy football. It's where you have gone to be in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge. It's where you drafted. It. It's where our party is going to be. It's where any event that we hold fantasy football wise will find its way to, and that is at the Wildcat Sports Pub. Awesome place, awesome food, awesome atmosphere. There's so many different places you can go to watch a game. But when it's local, when the food is good, when the price is right, when there's plenty of seats, when you have all the TVs that you need, when you have management that appreciates and respects the life of a fantasy fan, this is just the home for you. I've been looking for it for a long time. I feel like I might have just darn well found it. So I thank each and every one of you that are in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge. If you are, you're a wake-up call VIP, which means you get 10% off every time you go into the Wildcat. doesn't matter when you go. You can go for a football game. You could go for a basketball game. You could have gone there and watched the World Series and got your 10%. So make sure that you head there to the Wildcat Sports Pub and enjoy your time. And for those of you that are in the Wake-Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge, appreciate each and every single one of you and for everybody that I've met outside of that and that I will meet moving forward at the Wildcat. Thank you for your support of local businesses like the Wildcat Sports Pub and all the companies that are on wakeupcalldt.com's homepage where you can look at the family that I am proud to have and work with with the show. In fantasy football Friday, we give you advice on every single game that's coming up for Sunday and Monday. It's Mike Sofka and myself. Mike Sofka in Central Florida, myself in Central New York, and I truly the since the last time Mike and I have spoken, there's so much that is, that has gone on. There's injuries that are devastating. There's trades that are really good for some and could be devastating to others and confusing. So we have a lot to discuss along with the matchups that we have coming up, and so it is an honor and a privilege to ha- To have the man of Hall of Fame Fantasy Football dot com on the show, and that is Mike Sofka. Once again, Mike, how are you doing today?
1: Awesome. How you doing? I'm
0: uh, doing well. And, and Mike, you, of everything that's happened, injury and trade, what was the most surprising for you? What was what was the the what's been the biggest story that's been on your mind, so to speak?
1: Well, without a doubt, it's the most recent story, and that's the Sean Watson because. Uh... When I first heard about it, I thought that there was no way that was right. I got an update on one of my leagues telling me that I had a injury status change. And I I looked at it, and it had changed him to probable. And I was like, wow, probable is not something they even use in the NFL anymore. Then another alert came in from another league telling me about an injury status. And then it said doubtful and an impossible knee injury with the uh, with no contact, and I was like, wow, when they say with no contact, a lot of times that means, you know, something with the ligaments and ACL or something, so I started poking around, and sure enough, everyone went from zero to 60 on this thing and scrambling for quarterbacks. You know, if you weren't scrambling already with a bye or with injuries, you know, you're really scrambling now, so that's the one I think that impacts people the most. Now, if you're not a Deshaun Watson owner, You you may benefit from this situation. There may be a you know a possible trade in your future here, or you know if you are a Deshaun Watson owner, if you don't have an IR spot, if it's not a keeper league, obviously you're cutting them loose. But there's still some viable options out there, even in the deepest of leagues. So I got a I got a few of them here, Um, you know, or we can go over
0: those in a minute. Yeah, you know, another surprise, and it is Deshaun Watson was a a huge blow to anybody that had him on your fantasy team. I mean, I I have Aaron Rodgers, so I would argue to say that, you know, that was even worse because of the, you know, because of what Aaron has done over the years. I mean, this is Deshaun's rookie season, but it's nothing to overlook by any stretch of the imagination. Torn ACL, he had 1,699 yards so far this season. He had 19 touchdowns so far this season, He's only played in seven games, 19 touchdowns to eight interceptions, almost 1,700 yards, 61.8 completion percentage, two touchdowns on the ground, ran the ball an average of 7.5 yards a carry. It it, it is clear, and I said this last year about the AFC South. I said if Jacksonville is a team that I've covered for almost a decade on location and for over a decade in general – I said if if there was ever a time to win the AFC South, it was last year. With Andrew Luck being injured and and Andrew Luck just looking like he's a shell of himself. And Tennessee being good but not all the time. And Houston having their struggles and trying to find their quarterback. Now I can really say with Andrew Luck, he's not coming back this year, which you and I anticipated. Deshaun Watson's not going to be there. And Tennessee has the head-to-head against Jacksonville. But they've struggled. They've had good moments in bad with the same record as Jacksonville, 4-3. and three. If Jacksonville is ever going to get on top of this thing, yes, they've done good enough to get to a place where they are right now. But with Houston not having Deshaun and with Indy not having any hope in sight, you know that that part of the division should already be settled, and now it's between you and Tennessee. So, Jacksonville can look at this game and say, okay, we already beat Houston, now we don't have to face Deshaun again. The reality and the humanity of it all is this is devastating. This is sad. I have been around Deshaun Watson. I have interviewed Clemson when he was in Clemson and been around the team. I was at the ACC Championship game that he came back and won. I've obviously been a, a fan of Deshaun Watson and appreciative of his time in my career for a while. And to see him be where he's at, or at least the last couple of years, to see where he's at, and to see what's going on right now, this is this is so sad. Uh, before Deshaun Watson's injury, before Aaron Rodgers was placed on IR, before Andrew Luck was confirmed on IR, there was 240 plus players in the NFL on injured reserve. That number is stretching toward 300 now. I think one of the biggest stories of the NFL this season is unless I'm crazy, I don't remember the last time there was 250, 300 people that were on injured reserve halfway through the season. I mean, is that something – I mean, to me, Mike, that's that's got – this has to be like the worst year in a very long time for injuries, if not one of the worst years ever in the history of the NFL. Well,
1: I think when um, – from a fantasy perspective anyway, because I can't change or – anything about injuries that are happening but from a fantasy perspective it 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 makes you appreciate your strategies for instance every year I go into a draft and I'm I'm anticipating at least 33 percent of the quarterbacks going down in any given year because that's just math if you look back at it so in these leagues where you carry one quarterback you use that as a barometer to adjust how much of a need you have at a second quarterback or maybe that second quarterback's only going to play the one time all year and it's during your quarterback's bye week so you look up against a weak defense there are several different strategies that come into play but you have it just you know reinforces the idea of playing fantasy that you have to prepare for this and you know like we've said before if you're not two weeks ahead you're a week behind you can't prepare for every little thing but you have to have a game plan in place you have to know, okay, if this guy goes down, this this is who I'm looking at. And the only way to to really get comfortable with that in your league is to just check the waiver wire every day, look at your team every day. Yes, I know they're not playing every day, but stuff happens every day. And the Deshaun Watson thing is 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 a fine example. This was at practice in a non-contact. So, you know, with that in mind, you got to know what you're going to do immediately if you're trying to search for the answer when you need to be and the trigger on the answer, well, somebody's going to beat you to it. It's all about speed. It's all about timing, just like in the NFL. You have to have a game plan in mind. And, you know, preparation supersedes everything. So, you know, hopefully, you know, you want to, you know, keep, keep listening and uh, maybe go to my website, com, and, you know, we'll help mm-hmm. you stay on top of things. But you have to invest the time in your team to make that work. You can't just listen. You can't just go to a website, get the answer, and go. You know, you have to put a little time in, and
0: uh, but you'll win. You'll win. If you take a little time each day, you'll win. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing is you really have to check it. It's kind of like trying to get a reservation in Disney. You just have to keep calling back. You got to keep looking it up on your app on your phone. Call today, then call two hours, then call two hours from that, then wait a couple of days, call that day, look on the Internet in between. That's what you got to do. You know, I mean, you look at the Vikings team quarterbacks. We have team cu- quarterbacks in my leagues. And, you know, Case Keenum hasn't done a bad job. He's on bye this week, but he's a guy you could grab and stash right now in some of these leagues. You know, you don't know what Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be for the Niners, so that's something that you have to watch. And if you have a spot that you have to fill, you know, I had, there's leagues out there that I'm looking at right now that have Jared Goff sitting out there, and he's a good backup. Their offense is scoring the ball. He has averaged in my league, 20, or I should say, in the seven weeks he's played, he's had 21-14, 26-20, 16-10-22. So he's had, yeah, he had his bad week of, of 10 against the Jaguars, but he's gotten you 20-plus points in four out of the last seven weeks, and he's just sitting there, not on a waiver wire. He's just sitting out in free agency waiting to be taken. So, you know, there there is some good out there to find, There are some good guys out there, and to get a Jared Goff when you lose a Deshaun Watson is, you know, that's in a loss, that's a win for me, in my opinion, as you move forward. So there is some good to be had, and and as Mike and I always tell you, look, look, and then when you stop looking, look again, and then when you think maybe you shouldn't look, if you look too much, go look again. So don't get insane with it. Don't get paranoid with it. Just be vigilant with it and, and make sure that you take some time with your fantasy team because sometimes it is a week-to-week thing you know I've been a, I've been a uh, an owner of some of these teams this year where I feel like I'm telling the head coach hey you got these three wide receivers and these two running backs next week I'm going to take this running back off the team give you this guy and if this receiver doesn't perform I'm going to throw somebody else up there so I mean I picked up Robbie Anderson last week to help me out for a week and he had six catches for 108 yards and a touchdown So, you know, I got more out of him than I would have gotten not using the position or grabbing somebody else or trying to go after some of the other stuff that's out there. So you do your research and you look at it. Why did I pick up Robbie? Because he was consistently doing some things that I liked. He was gaining yardage and he was the top wide receiver for the team with Jermaine Kearse when it comes to the Jets. But Kearse had kind of started off hot and dwindled where Robbie Anderson was having a good couple weeks. So I took a chance on him, and he gave me what I needed. He gave me points. He gave he gave me a good amount of something to take home. He gave me the touchdown for six. He gave me 10 for that. He gave me almost 20 points as a guy who I consider to be my fourth-best wide receiver, third-best wide receiver I played that week. Speaking of the Jets... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I
1: was just going to say there's a bunch of guys out there. I mean, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, in a lot of leagues, I am for, you know, streaming defense. You can do the same thing for the for the year out on a streaming quarterback. Now there, there may not be that many this week available because there's six teams on a bye. We just had that Aaron Rodgers injury. You know, there's injuries everywhere, but a lot of people are gonna be picking up and dropping quarterbacks here. So go with a week to week mentality or a two week mentality because if, if you're trying to decide who's the better quarterback, McDown or Brissett, You know i don't want you to kill yourself over those two guys just pick one and move on look at the better matchup look at the ranking that week and the following week and have that plan in place okay and then next week i'll drop this guy and i'll pick up reset or whatever you know you got to have a, a game plan going in but the streaming idea is what i like if you're in a 12 team league now you might have not have that same luxury if you're in a two quarterback league or a or a superflex. With that in mind, you're looking at names like a, a Paxton Lynch, who may get a start eventually, or a Brett Hundley, or even a Jimmy Garoppolo if he plays, or a Bridgewater if he comes back. You're you're really grasping at straws there, but there's no reason you can't still win and still pull something out in your league if you have Deshaun Watson as a quarterback. Just stream your quarterback every
0: week. Yeah, you know there there's and, and there is you know there, there's something to be said about that about uh, kickers. There's something to say about that for defenses as well. And, you know, for your fourth wide receiver, where, you know, you got a guy on your team that you kind of question. You picked him up at the end of your draft. He did okay. Then he's he got hurt. Then there's a bye week, then there's this, then there's that. You know, you know the guys you keep. You're not gonna just drop a Larry Fitzgerald and throw him out there. You know, you're gonna hang on to certain guys, but there's guys out there that have done some good things this season. You know, and then there's also some guys that you question where, you know, I'm looking at one of the ones right now in one of my fantasy leagues and Giovanni Bernard's out there and he's consistently inconsistent. So I get that Jalen Richard is out there from Oakland and he's inconsistent. Doesn't get a lot of carries Chris Ivory. He's inconsistent, you know, but there's a Latavius Murray and a James White who are on bye right now who maybe wouldn't be bad to pick up and stash him on your bench DeAndre Washington, who may not be bad to pick up and put him on your bench. I marvel at the fact that people leave him out there all the time. So, you know, it's just funny. But some people could have gotten pissed off at Jay Ajayi in Miami, threw him out there and said, screw this guy, not keeping him on my roster. And then he's laying out there for you. The trade happens before the trade deadline and you go and pick him up on Monday. You put him on the waiver wire on Monday or Tuesday and you got a shot at bringing him in and Sky's the limit for him being in Philadelphia, so it pays to watch, it pays to pay attention, and in the world of fantasy, it always meets reality on Wake Up Call with Dan Torah as well as in fantasy football, because your fantasy team wasn't getting help from Jay Ajayi. But, now all of a sudden it's like you got a new player on your roster, because he's got a different team, a different outlook, a different place Amongst all NFL teams, they're feeling good. They're doing well. They're passing well. Carson Wentz is taking care of business. The defense is taking care of business. So they want to get their running game going. They already have respect for the guys out there in the field, which opens up the run. And you have LeGarrette Blunt. And Corey Clement did some good things. And Wendell Smallwood, we're still waiting to see what he could be. And now you bring in Jay Ajayi. So obviously, there's going to be opportunities better than Miami where you're the only guy. And there's nobody else that's really out there to help you, despite you know maybe a Jarvis Landry here and there. So the positives for you, you gain something by there being a trade in reality. You gain something as a Kelvin Benjamin owner by him going to Buffalo. So just hold on to these guys and see what they could do. But the frustration of Benjamin and the frustration of of Ajee might turn into you winning a Super Bowl this year. That's how quick things can turn around in fantasy football. Speaking of the Bills and speaking of the Jets, they played each other. I said, I feel like the Jet, the Bills will win this game, but the Jets are really, really good at home and it will be no surprise to me if the Jets shock you because it's happened enough in MetLife and it's happened enough with the Jets that I'm just not shocked. For some odd reason, playing at the Jets is a pain in the butt, no matter how good you are. Bills win, Mike. They're tied with New England with the best record in the AFC, and they're 6-2, best record in the AFC West as well. They lose. All of a sudden, the Jets are right on their heels with an opportunity to move forward. The Jets win this game 34-21. Robbie Anderson, who I mentioned before, got a touchdown this week for me again. So that, that late pickup last week helped me two weeks in a row. Deontay Thompson, a guy that we brought up, he had a touchdown in this game. Zay Jones, who I mentioned from East Carolina at the beginning of the year, finally got in the end zone, but there was a quiet LaShawn McCoy, and on the other side of it, Matt Forte, two touchdowns, 77 yards, and all of a a sudden people are thinking of Chicago again. So what are your main takeaways from a game where Robbie Anderson's becoming consistent, Deontay Thompson's been their most consistent receiver the last couple weeks, and Matt Forte did better than LaShawn McCoy? I call this the are-you-kidding-me game because last night as I was watching it, I kept saying are you kidding me? Because the Jets' defensive line showed up. They
1: showed why they are who they are. They had the facts. They won the battle of the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, defensively and offensively. It was quite evident. You know, the, the are-you-kidding-me factors are simple. You know, Tyrod Taylor put up great fantasy numbers, but it wasn't great enough to win the game. matter of fact, you know, when when your team fumbles the ball and you lose three fumbles to the opposing team, you're probably not going to win the game. And as a quarterback, when you fumble twice, luckily he only lost one of them. But, you know, on a team perspective, he wasn't doing the right things for his team to win the game. From a fantasy perspective, he was great. You know, and then you got the no-name, you know, the guys that are probably not even on your team if they are you're in a very deep league or they're your fourth or fifth wide receiver, Deontay Thompson, Zay Jones showing up. Now one guy started to show up that we talked about in the recent past year, Nick O'Leary, and he was making me proud until he fumbled the ball when there was no whistle on that one play. And then he realized he could keep going, and then they poked the ball out on him. He lost a fumble. So, again, it went back to the turnover. It went back to the line play, the offensive line of the Jets. Are you kidding me? They, they – Uh, Matt Forte looked great on most everybody's bench last night 77 yards, two touchdowns and then he had another 19 yards through the air this is a a guy who's on most people's bench if he's on their roster or rostered in your league at all Josh McNown didn't do much of anything, yet he's the quarterback of the winning team so this is a are you kidding me game for me, I mean, LaShawn McCoy not getting anything done, are you kidding me and worse yet this was my pick for my survivor pool, Buffalo. I'm like, Buffalo's hot. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm believing in it. Are you kidding me, Buffalo? Are you
0: kidding me? Yeah, you know, and Buff- <laughs> Buffalo does this. That's the thing. is, I, I've learned enough, and that's the thing. When your gut tells you, when I get that pierce in my heart that says, Dan, think about this, just take it into consideration, that's how I felt in this game. I was like, I was like, oh, I think Buffalo's going to win, but I think that the Jets would are going to play them tougher than you might think. And if it goes to the Jets, I won't be surprised. I should have just said the Jets. I should have just said the Jets because the Jets at home this season have won some games against some pretty good teams. Jacksonville's a pretty good team this year. They beat them. Buffalo's a pretty good team this year. They beat them. They beat the Dolphins when the Dolphins are playing better this year. So, you know, they've taken care of some of these games. They lost to the Falcons, but that was a close game, 25-25 to 20, and they only lost to the Patriots by a touchdown at home. So they're not getting blown out at home. They're taking care of home, and they're doing a good job. So, you know, the Jets, That when whenever you think there's no way in Sam how the Jets will win, they will. So just take heed of the fact, not every time, but when you put the Jets at MetLife, where I've seen them, where I've been, and I've been I've been in attendance, I've been covering the game, I'm sitting up in the press box. I was there during a hurricane warning, which was very strange because it was East Rutherford, New Jersey. But, or tornado warning, I should say. So we're there, and I mean, I've experienced what the Jets are like at home. I've experienced Buffalo at the New York Jets. I've exferi- experienced how close these teams play each other. And for whatever reason, in the AFC East... When one team beats the other and then they see each other again, it evens out. The Patriots are beatable in the AFC East. The Dolphins will steal a game from the Patriots that they're not supposed to win. The Jets will steal a game like they did last night that they're not supposed to win. So I knew that I would not be surprised waking up this morning to see the Jets on top, but I should have just clearly said, just pick the Jets. Just pick, because you don't think they're going to score enough offense, they will. Buffalo, you want to argue, well, they, Dan, they beat Atlanta. They beat Denver. They beat the Raiders. They beat the Bucks, who have been up and down this year. There's no way they can lose this game, Dan. They beat the Jets in the first week of the season. If you drink, as Mike did, as Mike said, if you drink the Kool-Aid of Buffalo, you will be consistently upset. I think that's very fair to say. Baltimore at Tennessee is the first game on Sunday, November 5th. We're going to talk about that game is at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Baltimore has been a true enigma. They went up against the Miami Dolphins and beat them 40 to nothing. Before that, they scored 16 points against the Vikings, 24 against the Bears. They scored 30 against the Raiders. They scored 9 against the Steelers, 7 against the Jaguars at garbage time, playing up against the Jaguars' backups. And they defeat the Bengals and the Browns, which they were supposed to do. So Baltimore is 4-4, four and four, yet they've been ugly and when you talk about trying to figure out who do you play on their roster, there's only two guys that really come to mind for me. But last week they went 40 to nothing when Joe Flacco had eight players that were not at 100%. Some of them didn't play, some of them did. But he had two tight ends, multiple receivers, and Terrence West at running back that were all hurt, and they won 40 to nothing. So, I ask you, Baltimore, Tennessee, your thoughts on a team that just seems to confuse the hell out of everybody.
1: Well, you know, you, you led up to it with the two players on Baltimore, and those two players are Alex Collins, who's been running the ball really well, and Allen, and and, you know, uh, these are guys that you can count on as a running back two and a running back three and or flex. Uh, quarterback, not so much for Baltimore. Joe Flacco has been abysmal as one of the top paid quarterbacks in the league. Has been extremely disappointing, but he's had his moments where he's done what he had to do for the team to win, and that's more important, you know, for NFL standards. But it doesn't really help us in the fantasy football world, you know. Wide receiver and, and tight end, uh, you know, I don't, I, 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 I got nobody. I got no answer there you know, for Baltimore. But on the other side, there's a little more value. The Titans, I think Marcus Mariota is a low end QB one. Of course, they got a, you know, an excellent running game with DeMarco Murray. And, um, you know, you, you got to name a wide receiver there. You got to pick one. I, I would say pick Richard Matthews. I know Corey Davis is coming back and that should open things up for Tennessee down the road here. And then, you know, the tight end position, they can always rely on Delaney Walker. So, you know, there's some value there. Delani Walker, a low-end tight end, won this week on Tennessee side and some running backs there for you on Baltimore. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't focus too much on this game. I think there's a chance of a low-scoring game.
0: Yeah. Baltimore, this could be another 12-9 to 9 game. I mean, this could be the way that they played Cleveland this past week, Tennessee's offense. And, again, I said it last year and I said it, and I'll say it again this year, but even more so this year. If Jacksonville wants to take the division, it is standing in front of you, asking you to take it out on a date. Just take it. This is the girl that in high school you wanted to date, and every time you walked down the hallway you wanted to ask her and you didn't because you were too afraid and you didn't think she'd say yes. She's begging you to ask her out right now. So just take the opportunity. That's where Jacksonville's at right now because Tennessee – has been up and down. I'd love to tell you DeMarco Murray or Derrick Henry is the guy for you in this game, but the truth of the matter is they could underperform or they could overperform. DeMarco Murray flex or a low end two in my opinion. I trust him more than Henry. Henry to me because he's only had a couple good weeks. I call him a flex player at best. Delaney Walker, I do like him. He's their best receiver and and he's tight and he's their tight end. On the other side of it for Baltimore, Alex Collins, boy, am I a happy man that I picked him up in like week four or five, and he's been on my roster ever since. Alex Collins, who I watched against Jacksonville, and he was the only guy that did anything, and then I waited another week or so, and then I made that move. He's been good. He's worth the play. Jeremy Macklin's worth the opportunity as well. Javoris Allen, he I know Mike mentioned him. He goes up and down So, I mean, really for me, it's Alex Collins. Now, Javoris Allen can get you a touchdown, but yardage-wise, it's Collins. So, if you want the one-two punch, Allen might be out there because he might have pissed somebody off to the point where they just don't want to deal with him anymore. So, he's not a bad flex player for you, but I feel more comfortable about saying to you Alex Collins and, and Jeremy McNeil. But Jeremy McNeil right now was... In a no-contact jersey during practice on Thursday. He's questionable with a shoulder injury, so you have to watch that. Uh, Mike Wallace, back injury, limited on Thursday. Chris Matthews, thigh injury, wasn't at the start of the Ravens' practice. He's questionable. Michael is questionable with a shoulder injury at wide receiver. Terrence West is questionable with a, with a calf injury. That's all Baltimore, folks. And then on Tennessee's side of things, we have... Delaney Walker's ankle didn't participate in Thursday's practice, but if he is good to go, he is worth the play. He is questionable as of right now. There is a new way to connect with everything on wakeupcalldt.com. All you have to do is go to the homepage of wakeupcalldt.com, and it'll say quick links to sports content. There is a fantasy football advice link. You click on that. That will take you to our shows, Mike and I, to our archive. It'll also give you a link for the injury report and my predictions of who will win team-by-team week-to-week. So make sure that you click on that link for Fantasy Football. You could go to the tab on wakeupcalldt.com, or you could scroll down on the homepage and click on the quick link that will bring you right to Fantasy Football. Past shows, predictions, and so much more, including your injury report, which obviously you Baltimore people need. Anyone who has a Raven is going to have to look at that report, unfortunately, in this year. Tampa Bay at New Orleans and in past years, too. What do you have for this one, Mike? Tampa's been a, a true Jekyll and Hyde. They could score 30 points in this game and run it up, or they could just be embarrassed in New Orleans. What do you think about this one? Well, I would think that this would be a great opportunity. If you got a guy on either side of the ball just about, you're going to be starting him. This could
1: be a shootout. I don't think it's going to, based on Tampa's inability to get anything happening. But, you never know. This is a, 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 a game where the Saints are playing at home. The Saints rarely lose at home. The Saints are a big favorite in this game. And the Bucks' recent inability to move the ball, you know, really questions whether the Bucks can even hang with Drew Brees. Drew Brees, number two quarterback this week, but not too far behind him is Jameis Winston at eight. So I don't have to tell you to start either one of those guys. Running backs, you got great value there as well. Mark Ingram, the number five running back this week. And then, you know, they got this other guy, Alvin Kamara. He's a low-end running back one this week as well, especially in a PPR league. This guy can catch the ball. And then don't forget Doug Martin. He's the number eight running back this week. So these are all, num you know, running back one, quarterback one guys. You got the top two wide receivers overall on my rankings this week and Mike Evans and Michael Thomas. And then tight end, Cameron Great, number four tight end. Now, the Saints don't have a tight end like – the Bucks do, so that would be the difference there. They have Kobe Fleener, who's yet to show up and do anything. So, you know, I, or Josh Hill, who hasn't done anything either. So there were rumors out there that they were going to trade back to get Jimmy Graham. That didn't come to surface. But, you know, n- nevertheless, New Orleans is going to put up their points. New Orleans is probably going to win this game. The New Orleans players are going to score. But these Tampa players that I've named off
0: here, they got a good chance to put up some fantasy numbers for you as well this week. Yeah, you know, looking at this game for Tampa and New Orleans, it is difficult with Tampa because they go up and down. So you have to look at the guys that have, have felt more consistent in fantasy, and that's Cameron Brait. You know, Cameron Brait is is somebody who, I mean, O.J. Howard's had his moments, but Cameron Brait has really, he was a favorite of Jameis Winston. He continues, continues to be a favorite target. Jameis Winston loves to throw to the tight end position, so you benefit from that. Winston's shoulder injury he was limited on Wednesday's practice and he is questionable but he's been on the injury report for the last two weeks and he has played and obviously you saw the game that he played against Buffalo a couple weeks ago so you know Jameis Winston he's not a bad play in this game because of the lack of defense on both sides and Cameron Brait like I said he's another guy that I like in this one Mike Evans I like him out there I've been playing him every week Uh, Doug Martin you know how I feel about him I'm not a huge fan of of Doug Martin, I know he gets yardage by the end of the year. I don't know how he gets it because it doesn't feel like he's doing it throughout the year. It doesn't feel consistent to me. But if you have Doug Martin, to me, he's he's a high-end running back three, maybe a low-end running back two, depending on how deep your league is and what you have to go after and and what you need. But if he's out there, you know, 70, 80 yards a game, 60 yards a game, no guarantee of a touchdown, but he can at least get you a few points in the game. As far as New Orleans goes, Drew Brees, I know he's coming off a game with no touchdowns, but it's Drew Brees. And he's playing against Tampa. And Tampa has shown that they're not really going to bring the defense. So I like Drew Brees in this game. I like Ingram and Kamara. I am very blessed to have these gentlemen this season. It's a great one-two punch that needed to get rid of Adrian Peterson, which they did. Uh, Michael Thomas, he's inconsistent In touchdowns, but he does get you yardage. I think he's worth the play. Ted Ginn Jr., if you need a flex, he's worth that. Brandon Coleman, I really don't feel good about, nor do I. Kobe Fleener and Josh Hill has been an afterthought this season, unfortunately, for the team. Los Angeles Rams at the New York Giants. What do you have for this one, Mike? Well, there's not going to be some terribly great quarterback play, but
1: if I had to choose between the two quarterbacks, I would definitely take Jared Goff. He's the number 15 quarterback overall this week on my rankings. And Eli Manning is down there with Joe Flacco. I mean, not not much I can say. If you're in an emergency situation, he's probably out there on the wire. If you if could lose Deshaun Watson, I don't know if this is a game you want to stream him because I think he's going to have a challenge. He's got no real receivers. I mean, he's got Evan Ingram at the tight end who's been showing up, but – you know, and, and and this week he might get Sterling Shepard back. Now, Sterling Shepard may go from being the number two or three guy to being the number one guy real quick here. So he might be out there on the waiver wire. So if you're you're in a bind, Sterling Shepard might be worth a, a risk here. I got him as the number 25 overall wide receiver this week. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley for the Rams, he's probably the number two uh, running back this week. And then on the other side of the ball, I'd like to say something positive about the Giants' running game, but I, I really can't. They got old Orleans Darkwell. He's a flex play or a running back three for you this week. And um, receiver-wise for LA, I don't I don't see much out there either. I mean, I'd like to say Sammy Watkins. I'd like to say a lot, but none of these guys are really showing up. Cooper Cup. These are guys that might be a wide receiver three or a flex emergency flex play and a PPR for you. But you know, until they show me more. But this is a game where they could show you more because don't forget, the Giants, not only are they playing woefully on offense, but they're suspended most of their defensive secondary. So if there was a game for Rams receivers to show up, this might be the one.
0: Yeah, you know, the, the, Rams, the Rams have a strong offense and they've been able to do some good things this season with their offense. And, and you know, bring you back to those thoughts of, I mean, it wasn't as good. And, you know, it's not it's not nearly this right now, but it makes you think of Kurt Warner and back to that time where the team is just, you know, offensively just taking care of business and they could go toe-to-toe with pretty much anybody. That's what's made it fun with the Rams so far this season. With the Giants, it's been the opposite. Their offense has been boring. Their offense has been suspect. Their offense showed up in Denver and that was it. So, I mean, that... <laughs> That's that's really just been a, a struggle for the Giants. Now, the Giants, offensive lineman Justin Pugh, center Weston Richburg, linebackers B.J. Goodson and Jonathan Casillis, defensive ends Olivier Vernon and Kerry Wynn are all out for the game against the Rams. So your defensive and your offensive line, it starts in the trenches, and they're going to be without two on each side, and they're going to be without two of their linebackers. So doesn't sound like fun For the Giants who are already one and six. I think the Rams who already have a high powered offense. Now, now remind you, there is no guarantees in football except for maybe the fact that the Patriots will always be relevant, but for the most part, as long as Tom Brady and Belichick are there. But there's no guarantees in football outside of outside of whatever's in the Fountain of Youth in in New England, which means that you may think, oh, this game's gonna be easy. It could be 13 to 10. But what we feel like in fantasy, what the game has dictated to us in fantasy, is that if you play a Ram, you'll be in good shape. If you need to pick up Jared Goff for a bye week, or you lost to Sean Watson, like I said before, Jared's out there. He is not crazy from week to week, but he's a manageable quarterback to give you something positive. Todd Gurley second, he's another guy to look at. On the injury report, really quick here, There's really no one for you to worry about. Lance Dunbar is going to be out, but Todd Gurley has been the guy. On the other side for the Giants, I mentioned a bunch of them that you're not going to expect to see out there. But Todd Gurley, the second, Jared Goff, Cooper Cup, I like him. Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods, these are the games where they could perform in. So if you're scouring the waiver wire, looking in free agency, you desperately need to get somebody, you need to just fill a flex spot, Sammy or Robert, not bad to have for a week, but Cooper Cup is the guy that I feel the best about because they've all been inconsistent, but at least he's scored more than, you know, just once or twice here and there. Cooper Cup has actually been a target that it seems like Jared Jared Goff has had some comfort with. Uh, for, New, for New York, Orleans, Darqua, and Wayne Gallman, I said this needs to be the one-two punch. I like it, but it's not consistent in fantasy. Uh, Evan Ingram, is really the only guy I would tell you on New York, but that's if the Giants can get the ball out in time. So I feel good about Ingram, but on the other side of it, the Rams defense and special teams and all the guys that I mentioned seem to be potential plays for you this week that I feel good about. I'll take a fast break here with Mike Sofka for Fantasy Football Friday inside a wake-up call right here live on MixLR com backslash wake up call dt. When we come back, we will round out the rest of the NFL as we move forward in Week Nine of our fantasy football coverage. This is a wake up call. Fast, Fast break. break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on Wake DTcom your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com. Backslash Wake Call DT. Happy to be with you every Monday through Friday from nine a.m. to eleven AM Eastern time right here on the live feed. If you're not a member, become one today. It's fast, it's easy, and it gets you connected with the show. So make sure that you are with us on MixLR.com backslash dt. Inside of this show, Fantasy Football Friday in the morning menu, probably presented by the Market Diner. Inside of Fantasy Football Friday, presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub, the place that you need to go to watch all your games this weekend and every weekend, whether it's football or Hockey or basketball, whatever you're a fantasy fan of or a reality fan of, or a little bit of everything, make sure you find your way out to the Wildcat as well as for, you know, Syracuse games, ACC, American Athletic, all the football games in college football, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and so on and so forth. Bowl game season, you know it. It's the Wildcat. The food's great, the price is right, and the people there are really awesome. They're nice, they work very hard, and there's a lot of good. To, uh, to be had there while you're watching your fantasy team. So whether you're crying or you're smiling this weekend in fantasy, at least you know you'll be in good company at the Wildcat with some good food and a good atmosphere. And if you're listening to Mike and I, hopefully you, you laugh and smile a lot more than you cry. Denver at Philadelphia here with Mike Sofka discussing fantasy for week nine. What do you think about this game? I think it's amazing that you can leave your employer, go grab a bunch of money, stop off at
1: another place, and then come back and be the starting quarterback, and that's exactly what Brock Osweiler's doing. Now, I'm not saying I'm gonna play him in fantasy this week, but you know, he is starting, he is playing it, but you know, on the polar opposite end of the quarterback scale is Carson Wentz, who's been doing a phenomenal job, but definitely one of the top quarterbacks in fantasy so far this year. And he's been a top quarterback for his team as well, lead them to a 7-1 and one record. The Eagles look very impressive all the way around. Just adding Jay Ajayi too is going to help them in their running game, but I don't think I'd be quick to start Jay Jaya this week, although he does grade out as a low-end running back three this week with LeGarrette Blunt, the higher of the two. Pardon the expression, LeGarrette, the higher of the two. But LeGarrette
0: Blunt is a guy that's still going to get the touches. He's still going to get the goal line carries. He's still going to
1: get a majority of the plays. But I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball or need to run the ball as much because I think they're going to take those short passes. And, you know, those short passes are going to go to Nelson Aguilar. Those short passes are going to go to a LeGarrette Blunt out of the backfield or maybe a JHA for a couple plays out of the backfield. Those those type plays are going to go to eat up yardage, eat up time, eat up the clock, make first downs, and just drag out the game where Philly's going to jump out to a lead and continue to build on that lead throughout the game because I don't think Denver can do much. I mean, the C.J. Anderson's the number 19 running back, this week, okay, he's a low-end running back, too. What else do you have, Denver? Well, you got Devarius Thomas. They're going to have to throw the ball. He's a low-end wide receiver, too, this week. Where are the differences between these two teams besides the quarterback position? The big difference is in the tight end. Zach Ertz, arguably the number one tight end this week and arguably one of the top two tight ends in the league week in, week out. So I think Zach Ertz, I don't have to tell you, is definitely somebody you got to play. A.J. Derby in an emergency situation is tight end. If you have the emergency, pick somebody up for a flex or a tight end. He's a number 20 tight end this week, but he's definitely trending up.
0: Yeah, you know, it's crazy, and I said it to Mike off the air, that Brock Osweiler, is he was in Denver two years ago. He backed up Peyton Manning en route to the Super Bowl. He did enough to get the team ready for when Peyton came back and was able to do enough to keep them on pace and get them to the playoffs and get them in a good situation, as the defense obviously did a lot as well, and so did the likes of Demarius Thomas and company. So he comes in, he fills in, he does that. The Houston Texans say, wow, we've seen enough. We've seen the Holy Grail. We'll take whatever you want. We'll pay you the money. Just come and be our quarterback. And I said that day, in that moment, I said, listen, Houston – needs to understand something. The, the world of the backup quarterback being your savior, it is a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous world because it's either really, really good or it's really, really not that great. And a lot of times in the NFL, people overpay in recent history for a backup quarterback who's supposed to be good because they were on a good team and they filled in for one game or they played in garbage time or they won a game in the playoffs or whatever. Whatever. Brock Osweiler fit the bill on this one. Houston made the plunge. They didn't listen to me. They didn't heed my warning. They picked him up. They went with him for five seconds. He got hurt. Then Tom Savage got hurt. So then he got his job back only because his backup got hurt. Then Cleveland takes his money, takes the contract. And you think Cleveland's only doing that to ship him off before the draft. And Cleveland does what Cleveland does. And they make no sense. They hold on to him. They don't play him. He's third string on their depth chart. They don't want him. They don't need him. They send him back to Denver, and now he's got an opportunity to be back with the Broncos after two years of making millions of dollars and not having to do a lick of splat to get a starting job back in the NFL. He's had an opportunity with Houston. He went to Cleveland for no reason, and now he's back in Denver two years later, a lot richer, and he got the starting job over Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch. It makes absolutely no sense. But all I gotta say is, if he was in front of me right now, I'd be giving him some daps. This man has, you know, the nine lives of a cat. But Ezekiel Elliott's got him beaten out a little bit more than that. We can talk about that in a minute. Emmanuel Sanders is progressing fast. Uh, he could be able to play on Sunday. He's questionable right now with an ankle injury for Denver. Side of it for Philadelphia. Anything of, of note here? Zach Ertz was limited in Thursday's practice. He has a hamstring injury. He's questionable to play in the game. But uh, on both sides of this thing, you know, Brock Osweiler, I'm not going to hold my breath. I just, I respect the fact. I mean, this man's done some crazy stuff. Devontae Booker, not a bad flex guy to play. Didn't do anything last year and then he got hurt. He's been looking okay, catching the ball out of the backfield and doing some fun things in the last couple weeks. So he's worth a flex play in my in my thought process, Demarius Thomas, he's he is worth an option for you. I, I can't see a world where you just wouldn't put him out there as like your third wide receiver, but he's definitely not feeling like a one right now. Philadelphia, and if Emmanuel Sanders is healthy, he's an option as well, not for yardage but maybe for a touchdown for Philadelphia. Well, this is supposed to be the best defense in the country they're going up against, yet they haven't played that way. So Carson Wentz isn't a bad play for you and uh, Zach Ertz as well, not a bad play. Nelson Aguilar is a flex. Elshon Jeffrey is a flex. They have Jay Ajayi and LeGarrette Blunt. I'm interested to see how this thing's going to shake out, but if Jay Ajayi is ready to go and, and, and all is good in this world, then throw him out there because I think it'll look better than anything's looked in Miami this season for him. Coming up next, so that's, I mean, there's a lot of guys you could play out there. Atlanta and Carolina, two teams that could score... 13-10 Thirteen to ten and end the game. Or two teams that could be thirty-three to thirty-one and they end the game that way. What do you think about this one, Mike?
1: Well, Atlanta's been having trouble getting going offensively this year, and you just don't understand it. They got some powerful weapons in the big spots. But Matt Ryan's, you know, worthy of a high end QB two this week. Not many times does he get downgraded that far. He's usually up there, but they have getting it done consistently. I actually have Cam Newton rated much higher than him as the number five quarterback this week. Devontae Freeman's been dinged up. Look for him and Tevin Coleman to continue to split carries. But as long as he's on the field, I got to have Devontae Freeman ranked as my number seven running back this week, and Tevin Coleman's at 22. And then on the other side of the ball, you know, Christian McCaffrey has been a guy that's been the PPR guy. He's catching a lot of balls. He's leading the team in receptions. Not so much on the carries, but he's been getting you points, especially if you're in a PPR league. So, you know, definitely play Christian McCaffrey. But I don't have to tell you that. The key there is is a lot of times they use him as a, as a decoy, and you know, two three receivers follow him. On Atlanta side, Julio Jones, number five receiver this week, and then you you know, on Carolina, they just dealt their guy. They just dealt Kelvin Benjamin. So. Look for an uptick in receptions for both Christian McCaffrey and Devin Punches, another big-body receiver they have. He's a low-end wide receiver, too, this week. He's going to get a lot more targets as well. And then at the tight end position, well, you know, you would think Ed Dixon would be a guy you could just write off as a blocker, but he's been steadily getting it done. He did have one big game. He's the low-end, tight-end one this week. And, you know, Austin Hooper hasn't really shown up. He's a number 16 tight end this week. I think the difference is going to be who can run the ball. I want to believe in Atlanta, but, you know, Carolina has proven they can win games like this. But I got to wonder where Cam's head is, because at the press conference, Cam Newton sounded a little disgusted, a little distraught. It sounded almost personally hurt that they got rid of Calvin Benjamin, but, you know, it's a business. The NFL is a business before anything else, but, you This should be an interesting fantasy game. You're probably going to have a lot of players in this one. It should be enjoyable to watch.
0: Well, I just want to go back to something you said really quick, Mike. So are you insinuating that Cam Newton actually stayed around in a press conference long enough to get information?
1: Just long enough for you to see the angst and concern on his face as he was talking. It was almost like, wow, they might get rid of me like this one day. You know, it was kind of just out there.
0: Well, keep doing what you're doing, walking out on press conferences. I'd have no problem getting rid of them. Looking at, look at and it And it is. I mean, this is a guy, he did it in the Super Bowl. He hasn't learned his lesson. Listen, if you lose a game, you're pissed off. But when you act like a child, I have no respect for you. I have none. I have no respect for a guy who cannot be a man and be like, you know what, we played a hard game, we did what we could, we lost. You know, and, and the thing is, as time has gone by, all Cam Newton has shown the world is that when he doesn't feel like it, he doesn't feel like it, and it's no big deal. I respect people's personal opinions. I respect if if, if the media being in the room with a bunch of media people, I can understand that if they disrespect him why he would want to leave. But this man, he just it seems like he just walks away and is annoyed and doesn't want to be out there and it doesn't matter to him and it's no big deal and who cares. And, and he looks like a poor sport, and he's the leader of your football team. It's not like he's a poor sport and he's the backup long snapper who would still be important to the team, but this is your quarterback. This is your guy. This is your franchise player. When, he's, when he acts like, I don't care, whatever, that's concerning to me. So, you know, Cam Newton moving forward here. We'll see what he could do. He hasn't been consistent in fantasy. He's been okay, but he hasn't been consistent. He's still worth a play for you, especially against Atlanta, who hasn't been doing that well. Christian McCaffrey's been doing a pretty good job receiving. He's worth a play. His time could uptick even more without Calvin Benjamin. I was shocked at this. Uh, A little bit less than Jay Ajayi, but, but still very shocked that he's not on the team. Ed Dixon could have some moments because there's no Greg Olson out there. So, I mean, Christian McCaffrey, potentially Ed Dixon, Cam Newton, I feel good about. On Atlanta's side, Matty Ryan, not a bad play this week. Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman, as well as Julio Jones. If you need Hooper or Sanu to go out there, Hooper's not a bad tight end, low end one, high end two, and Sanu is not a bad low end two. So there's a lot of people to go out there and play. As far as anything to be concerned about injury-wise, to make a quick note, Fozzie Whitaker is questionable for Carolina, but most people, I, I would expect, don't have him on the team. Devontae Freeman, shoulder injury, shouldn't impact him playing on Sunday, so he is questionable. But Tevin Coleman, you can weeks like last week tell you why you can never sit Tevin Coleman. Because he got you over 100 yards all purpose. He got you 104, and he was the leading running back, and he had the most carries. So when you think Devontae Freeman's doing so much that it's Stupid to have Tevin Coleman on your team. He reminds you why you should keep him. Cincinnati at Jacksonville. The Jaguars don't play well at home, but they will go back and forth. Their offense seems to only get up for away games, so what do you think about this one?
1: Well, it's a, that's a astute observation, and, you know, I'll be at the game. So if you see me at the game, just come over, say hi. Say you're a fan and uh, maybe I'll give you a free subscription to next year's services. How about that? But you got to find me at the Jaguars game. I'll be easy to spot. Listen, if you're going to this game, you're going to watch them run the ball and you're going to watch the defense. It's going to come down to a couple guys in the game. It's going to come down to Joe Mixon, who's a high-end running back, uh, two this week, and Leonard Fournette, who's a number four running back overall. I think Fournette's ankle is, is a little bit better. I think they're in a position where he can run the ball and run effectively, it's going to be Saxonville. It's going to be about the defense. You know, Cincinnati's going to try to throw the ball. A.J. Green is worthy of a start as a number six wide receiver. He gets most of the targets and most of the catches there. But, you know, Jacksonville struggles to find that guy. It's not really an Alan Hearns, who's a wide receiver three at best this week. And tight end-wise, you know, the guy that I would focus on this game is Tyler Croft. He's been doing a lot better in the recent weeks you know, substituting for Tyler Eifert. So with that in mind, there's a couple guys you can keep your eye on, but it's going to be a defensive game. It's going to be a running game. It's going to be a quick game. And hopefully Jacksonville will pull out the win at home this week against Cincinnati, and that would really put them in a good position in a division like we talked about before.
0: Yeah, you know, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars need this game, and with Tennessee going up against Baltimore, there's a shot for Jacksonville to overtake the division. They've had the opportunity in the past. They need to take it now. You don't want to be the land of missed opportunities, so they have to do that. As far as opportunity for you at Cincinnati going up against Jacksonville, any note here on injury-wise, as far as Cincinnati goes, Tyler Boyd, who's probably not on your team, he's sidelined with a knee injury. Randy Bullock, their place kicker, returned to practice on Thursday, but is still questionable. For Jacksonville, Marquise Lee isn't expected to practice. He wasn't expected to practice later on this week. He is questionable right now. And D.D. Westbrook, Jaguars officially designated D.D. Westbrook, a core muscle injury, as one of the replayers to return from injured reserve so he could see his debut this week, which is huge because, you know, there was a the thought that, As a rookie, maybe Jacksonville would not see him the entire season, and now he has an opportunity to go out there at a time where they really, 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 really need some help at wide receiver as they move forward. As far as the Bengals go, I want to start with them. Andy Dalton's not a bad play because in Jacksonville, the quarterback's usually going to get a couple. So he's not a bad play to put out there this week against the Jaguars. At the same time for the Bengals, Uh, Joe Mixon, I mean, this entire rushing offense of the Bengals has been disgustingly awful. I mean, I I told you that Jeremy Hill and and Giovanni Bernard couldn't get it figured out. Adding Joe Mixon was either going to give them a top dog, and then the other two are going to have to fight for scraps, or it was just going to be a three-headed monster in a bad way. And that's exactly what it's become. So I don't feel good about Joe Mixon at all. But if you want to put him out there as a flex, I understand because he receives the ball out of the backfield. Tyler Croft isn't a bad play at tight end, and AJ Green is an option for you. But don't be surprised if he's a little quieter than you. Th- their, their secondary has gotten better in Jacksonville, but AJ Green's still a good play as far as Jacksonville goes. The man, the myth, the legend of this year has been LeGar- Has been pardon me, not Blunt. Has been Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette's coming off of going through an injury. He's worth a play. Alan Hearns is worth consideration as a low-end two, high-end three-wide receiver. And outside of that with Jacksonville, I really, that's who I feel good about. If you gotta go Chris Ivory or TJ Yeldon as a flex, with Fournette out there, it's more Fournette Ivory, in my opinion. But if you have Yeldon or Ivory and you got bye weeks going on, you need some help, not bad flexes, but I like Fournette and I like Hearns in this game. And, you know, Bortles is is still a a massive question mark. Indianapolis at Houston, what do you have for this one?
1: Well, Indianapolis, this premier is one of those quarterbacks you might be streaming because you're in an emergency on a bye week or with the Deshaun Watson injury, and that's Jacoby Brissett. He should be able to make things happen. And the way he makes things happen is with the running game and by throwing the ball to tight end Jack Doyle. Him and Jack Doyle have, you know, really ticked. Things up for themselves by working together. Jack Doyle the number six tight end overall this week. So definitely look for some points out of Jack Doyle. You know, the receiving game is going to be something else here to watch because, well, Tom Savage is not an elite quarterback by any means. He looked okay in preseason, but then by the time the game came, game time came along, he, he folded and that's what they gave Deshaun Watson the opportunity So I got Jacoby Brissett as the number 16 quarterback this week. I got Tom Savage as the number 23 quarterback. And you know what? The running game is going to be critical for both teams. Frank Gore, low end running back too this week. And you know, Lamar Miller, number six overall running back this week. So you should get some value there. I think if Houston can run the ball and control the ball, they'll be in a good position because they're not going to have a lot of luck throwing the ball, but, there's two guys, one on each team, that are going to get the most targets. And, of course, I'm talking about DeAndre Hopkins, the number four overall receiver this week. And then, of course, I'm talking on the other side of the ball, T.Y. Hilton, Ty Hilton, the number 16 receiver this week. So a few guys you want to play, but not for any elite quarterback play, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this, this game obviously becomes different. With, I mean, there, there was the hope that Andrew Luck would come back with some Colts fans, but the team with or without him, I don't think the Colts are what they used to be. I think they're becoming a shell of what they were. And as far as Houston goes, without Deshaun Watson, my big question is what does it do to Will Fuller? I picked up Will Fuller the fifth a couple weeks ago, and Will Fuller, since he's only played in a few games, the man has caught up with time. And I want to go to Will Fuller's numbers for you right now to let you know exactly how he's done since he's started playing this season. He was hurt and then came back. And and since he has been back on the team, the man has been the guy to go to in fantasy. He's only played this season in four games, yet he has seven touchdowns. He has two touchdowns. on October 1st against Tennessee, two against Kansas City, one against Cleveland, two against Seattle. So he has had at least two in three of those four weeks and seven touchdowns in four weeks. I wonder what this is going to do for a guy like Will Fuller. I still think he's good enough to put out there as a flex or a wide receiver three. I do like Will Fuller in this. I'm very, very happy that I picked him up. He was one of those guys I couldn't believe was still out there because I was like, oh, he's done well, you know, in recent, recent, you know, a week or so. And then he kind of shocked me. I was like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know it was seven and four. So, or at the time it was five. So CJ Fedorowicz, he's on injury reserve to give you a quick look at that. Deshaun Watson, obviously Lamar Miller injury. Uh, he's questionable with a knee injury, but he's been in, you know, he hasn't been a guy to rely on for them. For the Colts, Matt Jones missed practice. He has an ankle injury. We know about Andrew Luck. So those are really the things to look at there. On the Colts side of things, Marlon Mack and Frank Gore they're not a bad one-two punch Marlon Mack is getting more opportunities overall In you know he's gotten goal line opportunities reception opportunities so I mean they're both getting involved but the evolution of Marlon Mack I told you to watch out for this deep sleeper he's not bad if you got to go deep and you got to dig and you got to put a flex out there this week Frank Gore not a bad play as well Jack Doyle I really like Jack Doyle He's been the only bright spot with Indianapolis as far as like yard as far as yardage and touchdowns go in recent history. T.Y. Hilton's been up and down. I don't anticipate him to have a great week, but if you want to flex him out, he's a low end three for me right now. He he's fallen to a two three low end type of feel. DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller both worth the play with Houston. I know they have a different quarterback, but I want to ride this Will Fuller thing out and see what we can do as we move forward from here. Uh, next game up, Arizona at San Francisco. The matchup against the two teams that, well, we at least expected one of them to not be boring this year. But this could be a very ugly 9-3 to three matchup. And we could come out of this thing having a lot of scratching heads with Arizona players. And if you have a San Francisco player, I kind of feel bad for you at this point. What do you think about this one, Mike?
1: Yeah, the only guys I'm really excited about on either side are the running backs. And, you know, obviously Adrian Peterson and and Carlos Hyde, both uh, running back ones. This is a game that contends with some other games this week for bottom-of-the-barrel quarterback play. So the the bottom-of-the-barrel quarterback bowl here, if you would. D.J. Beathard hasn't been getting it done. They made the play for uh, Garoppolo, you know, this I guess this means in San Fran that they're not going to draft the quarterback. I guess this means in San Fran that they're not going to go after Kirk Cousins like everybody thought next year. So, you know, they've made their bed. We're going to see Garoppolo in a couple weeks. But for this game, it's going to be C.J. Beathard. And on the other side of the ball – you know, Drew Stanton's just been abysmal filling in for Carson Palmer. He's really dragged down a guy like Larry Fitzgerald, but Larry Fitzgerald's still worthy as a wide receiver, too. High-end wide receiver, too, simply because they're going to have to throw this ball to somebody. And that goes the same on the opposite side of the ball for Pierre Garçon. They're going to throw the ball to somebody. It's going to be Pierre Garçon. He's a low-end wide receiver, too. Neither team has a tight end that I'd be interested in starting, so Again, the two guys that I'm highlighted or most excited about, if I can get excited about anything in this game,
0: are Adrian Peterson and Carlos Hyde. Yeah. <laughs> Adrian Peterson, I'm happy that I kept him on my team. I'm happy that I kind of just you know grabbed him and, and, and left him on the bench. And, and I forgot he was there. And then when he made the switch over to Arizona that nice first week, I was like, okay, you know what, I'm going to keep him. i going to ride this out and see what can happen. Now, David Johnson wants to play this season if he's medically cleared. He's still on injury reserve with a wrist injury, but it depends on when the cast comes off. So, you know, if you're like me and you have an IR, if you play in a fantasy league, like in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge, where I allow for you to have an IR spot, which means if somebody goes on injury reserve, you can throw them there and it doesn't affect your team and you automatically open up another place on your roster to pick up another running back and it doesn't count against you or another player of, of any different position. So, you know, I'm leaving David Johnson there because I'm I'm holding out hope that he will have a chance to come back. So if and when, but that's really the only note for Arizona's injuries. For San Fran, Pierre Garçon is, is his neck injury. He's being placed on injured reserve, according to general manager John Lynch just coming in here. He will be out. That is uh, that is very, I know Mike was just talking about him. This is like very, 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 very recent news that he is going to uh, not be out there. Matt Breda's knee injury is going to keep him questionable. And outside of that, you know, for Arizona, Adrian Peterson, he had a very slow week last week. Not a bad play. Uh, Fitz, because they're playing San Fran, Larry Fitzgerald, and J.J. Nelson. I like any of those guys. As far as San Fran goes... When C.J. Beathard is your leading rusher, that concerns me. And when Matt Breda is your leading receiver, that concerns me because he is your running back. But Carlos Hyde, they're playing Arizona. Matt Breda is a deep fourth running back option. Carlos Hyde is a low-end two. And you know what I said about Arizona. So that's how I would look at these gentlemen moving forward in this game. We'll take our final fast break of the show, and Mike and I will come back and wrap up your fantasy football advice for the week.
1: This is a wake up call fast break.
0: The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family friendly. Some family friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is proud to be both. 487 for the Wildcat family friendly sports pub and restaurant. Wow. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcall. D T. We are happy to be on the airwaves with you. Me, for 14 plus years. Started with MU Courtside in college, which is still at Marywood University in its 14th year. Very happy that my baby is growing up well. And uh, and also with the Dan Tortora show on ESPN in Scranton, Syracuse, and Orlando. Coming back here, Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. And bringing that to you on the airwaves on mixlr.com backslash wake up call dt every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time. So I thank you for listening in and thank you for being a part of the show. Your support is timeless and your support is extremely meaningful, and well-appreciated. Here inside of the morning menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market across from Destiny USA, we are in Fantasy Football Friday with Mike Sofka and myself, Dan Tortora, giving you advice. This is our second year straight of bringing it to you every single week, and we are proud to do so. Mike of of halloffamefantasyfootball.com can help you before the season, after the season, and Surely during the season as well to get you in good footing. And I'm always happy to have him here as my co-host in Fantasy Football Friday. We're going through Week 9's matchups, proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub on 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. And next up is Washington, Seattle. What do you have for this one, Mike? Well, you know, thanks to Deshaun Watson being
1: out, Russell Wilson is now the number one quarterback this week. So, Definitely a quarterback playing Russell Wilson. Kirk Cousins, low end quarterback one this week, eleven, number eleven quarterback overall this week. And running the ball, I think, is gonna be key for both teams. You know, they complete a lot of passes to Chris Thompson. That's what what makes Kirk Cousins look real good. But Chris Thompson and Rob Kelly, Rob Kelly should be back again here. But Chris Thompson more so has been the guy that's explosive, been the guy that can break one, been the guy that can get those hard yards. He's a number 17 running back this week. And kick that up a couple notches if you're in a PPR league. Rob Kelly at number 31 this week. And at receiver, Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin's a guy who's shown some consistency for Seattle, but not so much on the other side of the ball here. It's kind of hard for me to say one thing about any one receiver, even the team's number one receiver by default you would take. Jordan Reed looks to be dinged up, doesn't look like he's going to make this one. So that ticks up things for Vernon Davis a little bit, low-end, tight-end one this week. Jimmy Graham hasn't really been getting it done. He's been inconsistent at best. But i got to have a feeling that, you know, him and Russell Wilson, if Russell Wilson's going to have a big game, he's going to have to find a guy like Jimmy Graham. So Jimmy Graham should be the number five tight end overall this week. I think this is going to be an exciting game to watch. It looks like two teams going in opposite directions. It's hard to go to Seattle and win, but I find it harder to believe that Seattle's going to win this game by the what the what what the Sharps in Vegas have marked as a seven and a half point favorite in Seattle.
0: Yeah, you know, Seattle obviously the twelfth man comes out to play and there's a lot of good that comes from that. Seattle's in good footing right now. They've been the you know, even though Seattle's been relevant for the last, you know, decade, you know, within this last decade they've had relevancy. They still are kind of flying under the radar right now. The Seahawks are. CJ ProSice is is questionable with an ankle injury, but he's most likely not on your team. Uh, Outside of that, there's really nobody to be concerned about. For the Skins, Jordan Reed, hamstring, didn't practice on Thursday. That's one to watch. Vernon Davis is the next man up if he's not going to play. Rob Kelly, ankle injury, limited participant. Jamison Crowder, hamstring injury. He's questionable and was not in Thursday's practice. Uh, participating for his side of things, so in my opinion, for this game with Washington at Seattle, I, I still think Washington has some good to bring. Obviously, their defense has some work. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I probably stay away from him in this game, but Chris Thompson, you know, I like Chris Thompson because Chris Thompson, in his third season out of Florida or fourth season, pardon me, out of Florida State. He's done some really nice things. He's had games where they only let him carry the ball twice, and he has like 17.5 yards of carry. He's one of the guys that he's he's one of their most consistent rushers and receivers all year long. So I would play Chris Thompson, which a lot of people probably don't even know that he plays football. Go out there and get him and throw him on your roster. Put him as a flex this week. Vernon Davis, if Jordan Reed doesn't play, he's an option for you as well. Jamison Crowder. I want to tell you that he's an option for you as a higher guy, but he's really a high-end three because he's so inconsistent. I've told you to play him before, and it's been quiet. Last week, it was 123 yards, so he is he is worth a look at the flex position. As far as who they're going up against, when we look at the Seattle Seahawks, you know how I feel about Seattle's rushing attack. I'd love for you to prove me wrong, but I would venture to say that that is not something that's going to happen in the here and now. Their best rusher is Russell Wilson. Everybody else, nothing. Paul Richardson. I told you to pick him up last year and or last week and put him on your team. He had two touchdowns and 106 yards. Paul, 105. Pardon me. Paul Richardson and Tyler Lockett both worth the nod in this game because it's Washington's defense. Doug Baldwin, also another guy to consider putting out there. I just like the receiving core. Uh, Russell Wilson, he's he's a guy that's a middle-of-the-road quarterback for me. He had four touchdowns this past week, but he's so up and down in fantasy that I don't want to tell you to play him and deter you from somebody else. It depends on who you have. But if you're dealing with injuries, if you don't have Rodgers, you don't have Watson, you don't have you know those types of guys, you don't have Jameis Winston this week, you don't have Drew Brees this week, then maybe Russell Wilson is your guy. Kansas City at Dallas. This is a very exciting game. I'd love if this could be a Super Bowl game with the way that these teams play. What do you think about this one?
1: Yeah, this is definitely a, a good fantasy game here. This is a, you know, you're going to see Dak Prescott and Alex Smith, both high-end QB ones this week. You're going to see Kareem Hunt number one running back this week. And on Dallas's side, don't forget, this is the start of the Zeke Elliott suspension here. So Alfred Morris looks like he's going to get the nod. Looks like they might mix in a little Darren McFadden. And a long shot to watch out for Rod Smith played well in the preseason. It's going to be a wonder what he can do if he gets on the field and proves anything. He might be the guy long-term in Dallas during this whole Zeke Elliott suspension. Des Bryant, number three wide receiver this week. And Kansas City, well, they got a speedster. They got Tyreek Hill, number eight wide receiver this week. And both tight ends are worthy of playing here, too. Of course, Travis Kelsey and Jason Witten. So should be an, an exciting fantasy points-filled game.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, in, in this game for Kansas City and Dallas, and the the breaking news that just came out that, that forced me to put a, a very – not forced me, but I wanted to put this meme out of, uh, of Dwight from – From the office doing a spin move and going into this room, going through the door, is that Ezekiel Elliott has been cleared again. Now, this might, Mike, this might change in five minutes, but Ezekiel Elliott, as of right now, has been granted a stay by the courts to play in this game. He can play on Sunday, granted the stay. So he is available to play in this game. So uh, do, do you still think anything of, of, of the backups or no? Well, yeah, I still think something
1: of Albert Morris, Darren McFadden, not so much. He probably won't be active. And, you know, that just goes to show you right there, Ezekiel and Kareem Hunt, you're going to have two of the top quarterbacks and two of the top running backs and a couple of the top tight ends. Oh, yeah, and a couple of the top receivers. There should be fantasy points on both sides all over the field. It's amazing. And all the more reason why you got to check things with your fantasy team at least once a day for reasons just like this. We just caught the breaking news mid-show.
0: Yeah, you know, and this is this is the beauty of being live radio. And I can't tell you how many things God has blessed me with to discuss live. I mean, Syracuse joined the ACC during my show a few years back. There's a lot of things that have happened with uh with with live radio and and live radio that's why it's so much fun because you never know what's going to happen so Ezekiel Elliott is playing in this game and it's 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 I mean I feel like we're going to be fighting this Ezekiel suspension for the next three years so Kansas City Albert Wilson hamstring won't didn't practice on Thursday Really, the only guy that I'm noting here, Cole Beasley, has a concussion, which limited him in practice on Thursday. He's questionable to play in the game. Dan Bailey is still out, as you all know. So the Cowboys have a new kicker, and uh, they've had to rely on somebody else. So Mike Nugent, the former New York Jets kicker, is their kicker. He did pretty well. He was four or five on field goals, three for three on extra points in the game against Washington. I look at this game and I actually like both of the kickers in this game. I, I I have to say that. I know we don't talk a lot about kickers, but I like Mike Nugent and I like Dan Bailey when he's healthy So you know Dallas seems to have good kickers in their history and on the Bronc- and uh, pardon me on the Kansas City side of things, I really like Harrison Butker. He was five for five on his field goals had a long of 51 yards most recently. He was a massive think about it this way. he misses all his field goals look at the game. He misses five field goals. That's 15 points. Okay. Take 15 points away from Kansas city. They lose 19 to 14 to the Denver Broncos at home in Kansas city. So, butt Kerr is worth the play. So is Mike Nugent in this game. As far as other people for me to tell you to play, I, I like Dak Prescott in the game. I think it might be a little more quiet, but I do like him. You got to play Zeke. You got to play Dez. Consider Jason Witten on the other side of it my usual suspects. I like Tyreek Hill. I like Kareem Hunt. I like Travis Kelsey. Alex Smith seems to be playing up in some big games. If you got two quarterbacks that you could play, he's not a bad play. But outside of that, he's outside of the top 10 for me. He's just kind of a thought, but I don't know if he's really going to give you what you expect. He could blow up in this game or Kansas City could blow up in this game in a, in a not great way. They're playing in Dallas. So Alex Smith, not a bad play, but not a number one for me. Oakland at Miami. This game would feel better if Oakland was playing better and it would feel a lot better if Miami didn't make hands down the dumbest decision in football this season. On top of the fact that they were still in the playoff hunt, it's at eight 30 at Sunday night football. What do you have for this one?
1: Well, you know, you take it right off the top there. I I think Miami's going to struggle to find their running game identity. Looks like Damian Williams may get the lion's share of the touches to start with, but I think Kenyon Drake is the guy to own. I think he's the guy that's more physically capable of toting a rock and being a three-down back, which is what Miami strives to have. So I think Kenyon Drake might even be worth a flex play. Either one of those guys this week till that thing sorts itself out. On the other side of the ball, you know, Marshawn Lynch just has to do better. Coming off the suspension – and then being spotty before then. I got Marshawn Lynch as a low-end running back, too, this week. And for quarterback play, well, we, we know Derek Carr is the, is the better quarterback out of the two here of him and Jay Cutler, but Derek Carr hasn't been getting it done, and that's due to some offensive line woes, which is probably why they're not running the ball well either. So hopefully the offensive line will hold up better. Derek Carr will get you bottom-end QB1 production. And on the other side of the ball, if you're – relying on Jay Cutler. Well, you're probably in an emergency week. You pick them up. You're going to stream. I don't like Jay Cutler, but it is what it is. You're going to need somebody maybe, so he might be the guy. He's a number 20 quarterback this week. And as far as receivers, I got Crabtree and Cooper, both top 10 receivers this week. And, you know, on the other side of the ball, Jarvis Landry seems to be the guy who's been getting it done. Most of the targets, I know Devontae has been hurt. Devontae Parker's been hurt. So, Look for that trend to continue there for Miami. Look for Jarvis Landry to be the the guy. And on tight ends, you know, Jared Cook has been turning it up as of late. Well, not so much for Miami. There's really not anything to write home about with Julius Thomas. So there's going to be a couple bright spots in this game. But, you know, again, temporary expectations for most of this game. Just a few fantasy players here.
0: Yeah, uh, it's... uh... Oakland, you want Oakland to be better than they are, and Miami is just—they've, I mean, they—they've just—they've—they've they've, they've Cleveland Browns their season. I mean, that's the best way for me to describe it. As far as Oakland goes, DeAndre Washington—he's available in a lot of leagues. He's not a bad play. He does get more involved in catching the ball a lot more. He caught—he caught more passes in their last game than Marshawn Lynch has done all season. Marshawn Lynch is a footnote. I didn't think he would be anything in Oakland. I feel like he's not 100% there. I don't want to judge you know, what he's doing this and the other thing. It's just, Marshawn Lynch was not Marshawn Lynch the way that we thought he was before he got hurt in Seattle. Then he stopped playing football. Now he's back, and he's still not the Marshawn Lynch that we remember in Seattle. He's not even the Marshawn Lynch we remember in Buffalo. So I just I don't think anything of Marshawn Lynch for this. Uh, Deandre Washington. I like him. Michael Crabtree. I like him. Amari Cooper because they're playing Miami. I like all of that on Miami side of the ball. Dan Marino, Jay Ajayi, OJ McDuffie are not on this team fool. So none of this stuff is going to happen. That's good. I mean, Miami Kenny Stills, maybe Jarvis Landry, maybe why? Because they seem to be targets that seem to get yards, even if nothing good is going on. But if you're a Miami Dolphins fan right now, you were in the playoff hunt, and then your team made an atrocious decision. I feel sad for you. I don't understand it. I wish I could tell you why, but some questions in this world don't have easy answers, and Miami is one of those question marks. Kenny Stills and Jarvis Landry, but I dream of the days of OJ McDuffie and Dan Marino. Detroit at Green Bay. This should be a phenomenal game, but Detroit is 3-4, and four, and Green Bay has no Aaron Rodgers. Yet, I still think this game's going to be interesting, and it still has playoff implications. What do you think about this one?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting, but for the wrong reasons. I think uh, you know quarterback play is the number one reason. Brent is just not Aaron Rodgers, let's just face it. He's been there a few years, he knows the system, he has the system down, but he is not Aaron Rodgers. Matt Stafford's going to be the quarterback to pay attention to. He's a number seven quarterback overall this week. Aaron Jones has been running the ball really well. They really like him out of the backfield there. Gives Ty Montgomery more time to heal. And quite frankly I think Aaron Jones is better than Ty Montgomery. So this is a great opportunity for him to continue to grow. Top ten running back this week. And on the other side of the ball, Amir Abdullah's been doing a marketably improved job this year. He's a number fifteen overall running back this week. Now, wide receivers, this is where it gets interesting because you would think that you'd have some usual suspects like Jordy Nelson up top. Well, not with Brett Hundley. So, Jordy Nelson's downgraded to the number 19 receiver this week. And on the other side of the ball, Marvin Jones and Golden Tate are going to continue to get it done. Golden Tate on bottom end, wide receiver one, and Marvin Jones uh, top end, wide receiver two. And, you know, at tight end, we've been saying, where's Eric Ebron, where's Eric Ebron? Well, he finally showed up, but I don't think he's going to show up this week, and I don't think there's anybody on the other side of the ball worth mentioning tight end-wise either.
0: Yeah, you know the Eric Ebron. I just i I lost fantasy hopes for him a couple seasons ago. I mean, this is not a guy that I even consider if if he's going to come down to me or fall to me in the draft. I'm I'm not picking him up. You know, in, in this game, I like. I like Detroit's Matt Stafford. I like, you know, obviously their quarterback, uh, Marvin Jones Jr. Golden Tate's inconsistent, but he's had better performances in fantasy than he has in the past. So those three guys I'll name for you. As far as Green Bay goes, how can you not be happy for Aaron Jones? Even if you're not a Green Bay fan, the rookie out of UTEP who was drafted in the fifth round, 182 overall by Green Bay, how are you not an Aaron Jones supporter? This could be the guy who could be carrying the ball for Green Bay for the next five, six years. This could be the guy that you remember. This could be the consistent back they've been looking for. So he's scored three times in the last four weeks. Three out of the last four weeks, I should say. He's had over 125 yards in two of the last three weeks. So Aaron Jones is obviously the play for you back there. I feel really good about Aaron Jones. I like what he's been doing. Uh, Martellus Bennett... He was their leading receiver last week, and uh, he only had 17 yards. So that shows you the woes of of Brett Hundley. Martellus Bennett is injured right now. He didn't practice recently, so I'd probably stay away from him. Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams. Jordy falls to to a two, and Devontae falls to a flex because of Hundley. But I really like Aaron Jones. So that's what I have for you when we're looking at these games moving forward. It's a different Green Bay team, but darn it if I don't feel good about Mr. Aaron Jones and should have picked him up when I had the chance. But he still might be out there for some of you, so don't make the mistake I made in one of my leagues of not picking him up. So make sure you go out there and get him. That is week nine of the NFL, and Mike Sofka is of of HallOfFameFantasyFootball.com. Myself, Dan Satora of WakeUpCallDT.com, and your fantasy football advice is located on both. Mike, God bless you, brother, and thank you once again for another wonderful week of fantasy advice.
1: All right. Thanks, Dan. I'll talk to you soon.
0: All right, Perfect. man. Take care. That coming from Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. Once again, myself, Dan Tortora, right here with you on Wake Up Call. DT.com. You know you know what it is and you know where it's at. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's broadcast. I appreciate it much, and I look forward to speaking with you. Uh, maybe at halftime of the Florida State Syracuse game that's out there, that's on the road in Florida State, I may be doing a halftime show for that. So just stay tuned and stay close to mixlr.com backslash wake up call dt. Here's an easy way to do it: if you become a member for free. Of mixlr.com backslash wake up call DT. Whenever the show goes live, you get sent an email. You find out before everybody else. So you have the benefit of listening into the show. So if we do an impromptu halftime show in Syracuse and Florida State, you get to hear that. So make sure that you do that. And if you're with me on Facebook at wake up call DT, Twitter at call DT, Instagram at, at wake call underscore DT, you have the benefit of finding out before everybody else. As well. CNY Pop Festival is a new thing coming to Central New York. It's going to be at the F Shed at the Regional Market in Syracuse on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York. It is on Sunday, August 12th, 2018. You're saying, Dan, that's so far off. Why are you doing that? Or why are you talking about it right now? That's because we do things early. We are planning well in advance and we want to get you involved. Tickets are going to be on sale coming up shortly and you'll find out about that soon enough. But we have mentioned so many guests. If you want to support the CNY Pop Festival, which is going to bond sports figures with actors, writers, and artists, a little bit of everything, an eclectic group, it's not just a Comic-Con, it's not just a sports show, it's all of it in one. I'm doing an event that has never been done before in a way that has never been done before in Syracuse and upstate New York. This is not a model that you see around the country often. A a Comic-Con is a dime a dozen. There's one almost every weekend, but what we're doing for this festival, we're focusing on really good local food. We're focusing on Syracuse icons. We're focusing on getting some actors, some writers, and some artists in here. We're focusing on making this about the fan. We're focusing on panel discussion, even the layout of the event. Is different from anything you've been to, I would venture to say, at least anything locally. So, the way we're going to make this happen at the F Shed is with you. So, go to Facebook, go to Twitter, and go to Instagram. It's all the same at CNY Pop Festival and like the page or follow the page or whatever it may be on whatever outlet you're on. CNY Pop Festival. Make sure that you check it out because we just made two announcements this morning and you don't want to miss those. So, I will leave you to it. And have a great weekend. I'll be covering the NFL as well as Syracuse at Florida State. I picked Syracuse to defeat Florida State and to be one step closer to getting to a bowl game at 5-4. and four. This has been Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. God bless you. Have a great weekend. I cannot wait to speak with you Monday morning, if not before then, here on MixLR.com backslash DT. Take care of yourself.